broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 243. I'm Zoner. I'm Zook. And it's just the two of us. Again. Together just again. The two of us. Uh, that's, that turns awkward. That um, does. That, that, and now I feel kind of creepy. Yeah, let's roll with it. Let's just go. Um, we are without Schmitty, who is working himself into dysentery, and Colin, who I think is just dead. Like, yeah, he's like no fun story, no big grand. Like he just dropped dead. Like flowers and everything. Yeah, weird stuff. Um, so but w- if you have seen Colin, please <laughs> let us know because we haven't. Do they still do kids on milk cartons? I don't know. No, I they don't may they do. yeah. put Colin's face on a milk carton. Um. So yeah, we're brought to you by our friends over at TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio.com, Stitcher, Forty-eight Fourteen, and Eagle Moss Limited. And They're by awesome. you, and by me. Yes. Yes. Any feedback? Yeah, we, we do actually. Should We're very we low energy. It? No, it, I'm I'm good. Should we should we talk about it? It's been a crappy week. It kinda has, hasn't it? Yeah. Um and I, I, I know that the, the honest thing would be to say, well, it's from the terror attacks over in Europe and in Japan and in the Middle East and everywhere else, but really uh, th- those are bad things too. But the week's just sucked from weather standpoint here in Utah. It's been cold. If it's going to be this cold, it may as well snow, because then it just makes me angry. I know. It's just trying to piss us off here. Okay, feedback. It really is. Sorry. Um, <laughs> now that we've basically just turned a blind eye to the world's troubles. Because hey, of our, but we'll, w- we'll talk about them soon enough. So. Um, Glue writes, when is SD files coming back? Please, I gotta know. Uh, sorry, that pixel thing was just a joke, a bad joke. Uh, I know how your memory is, Zoner. That's why I don't think you want to do a solo episode. You would talk and then trail off and forget what you were saying. Ha ha. What are some of the horror stories you guys have with Apple products? You have said a few, and I just want to hear more. Excellent show. Don't stop it. Thanks, Glue. Um, SD Files is currently abducted. Yeah, that's about all I've got. That's about all I've got. I'm actually, though, at the point where I'm ready to bring intern Emma in. Because I know y'all want to do a show or want to hear the show. I want to do the show, but like you said, me doing the show by myself is just not a good idea. So I may just bring intern M and for for that and generic geek podcast. It both. would be it would basically be a half hour of Grandpa Simpson using Zoner's voice. Yeah, pretty much those stupid clouds up there in the sky and yeah, whatnot. The um, onion on my belt. Now, um, horror stories about Apple. I've got a really good one if you don't. Oh, I I don't know if I'd call mine horror stories, just general annoyances. So let's hear yours. Okay, so my younger sister, well, my sister is 13 years younger than I am. And, oh, it was years and years ago. She got an iPod for Christmas from my mom. And I did not want to install iTunes on my computer. But I have, like, I don't know, thousands of of mp3 files on my computer so my mom says why don't you hook chelsea's ipod up to your computer and give her some music that you have you know just you know 
get her a good variety and let her listen to it until we can start getting her her own collection. So I'm like, okay, no big deal. This was when the iPod was still fairly new. And I had not had any experience with it up to this point. And I did not realize what a giant pain in the butt it was to try and put music onto an iPod if you did not install iTunes. And so I did everything that I could to avoid actually installing iTunes, looking for any iTunes alternatives because I did not want iTunes on my computer. And I think 13 hours later, I finally caved and said, okay, I'll do iTunes. And then iTunes just completely buggered up my computer. So I was very unhappy with Apple, which is why I don't buy Apple products. It was all based on that initial experience with one of their products that quote unquote just work. I, I, admittedly, I think most Apple fans even say they hate iTunes. Oh, they use awful. iTunes because they have to. Yeah. No one really likes it. No, I don't think anybody does. And, and, and every it, time it gets to the point where even Apple fans like it, because there was one version long ago when they went to the blue um, eighth note icon before uh-huh. it went red and before it went purple. It was still blue. Um, when everything worked... It really did. You could install the apps. You could move books over, podcasts, movies. Everything worked great. And then Apple, in their all-knowing wisdom, changed it to the point that even Apple aficionados are going, where the crap is everything? Why can't I even pull up my device anymore? Oh, yeah. It's awful. Um, now, this week, I fix it, the website that tears things down and shows how to fix them or really just how to take them apart, uh, did it to the Apple Pencil for the iPad Pro. And it's a perfect example of reasons I like Apple. Everyone always assumes I hate Apple, and it's not true. I hate some of Apple's practices. I like others. For instance, I really like when they are truly innovative for hardware. And they pack a lot into that little pencil, so much that they had to fold the logic board in half to get it to fit. That's insane. That's like witchcraft is yeah. what that is. Yeah, it's wizardry right there. Well, yes. remember the Mac, the, um, the Mac Pro, the cylinder Mac Pro that the, builds every, that folds the logic board into a triangle around a heat sink ch- channel. It's genius. That's a thing of beauty, though. Yeah. Such a thing of beauty. It's gorgeous. And then they go and do something like modifying iTunes so people can't use it anymore or who knows what other practices. So it's just little annoyances for me for Apple. It's like there's two Apples. The Apple who wants to innovate and truly is amazing. And then the Apple who just wants your money. And, you know, unfortunately, I think that those two Apples are starting to become one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm noticing that. I'm noticing that. And. You know, I think I've said this for years. I do not like using Apple devices. I don't like their products. I've been having to use a Mac at work lately and it's driving me nuts. I just don't like it. But they do make pretty stuff. Like visually, their stuff is very appealing. And it's solid. When it you is use solid. when you use an Apple product, it just feels solid. It feels quality. It doesn't feel like it should cost five times as much as a equivalent PC, but that's that's or, the that's the side car. that wants to make money, you know. So <laughs> yeah. thanks, Glue. Hope that was a good answer. Um, on our Facebook page, let me pull that up. Um, Steve writes, "I am totally with Schmitty's comments in episode two forty two about YouTube failing miserably at targeted marketing, especially within one household. I hate it when my son is trying to watch Pokemon videos and he gets served Jägermeister ads." 
<laughs> I'm glad he threw the word ads in there because if he's just getting served Ser- Jägermeister, served, yeah. then that that's more of a parental thing. Especially because Jägermeister is just so cliche. I mean, a local microbrew, I could understand. Come on, YouTube, get some standards. Yeah. I just think it's so weird that they do that. And yeah, they're exactly right. They did drop the ball. They screwed up on that big time, I think. Um, I especially love the fact that then Steve <laughs> posts a link to E! Online, which has to be like the worst coded site in history. <laughs> of oh, YouTube. Schmitty was going nuts on that. Uh, so it was a YouTube video about suicide. And on screen is, I just wanted to die. I wanted to go home and drink some bleach. And along the bottom is a YouTube ad for coupons for laundry detergent and supplies. Yes, I thought that was awesome. <laughs> like... That's great timing there, YouTube. Good job. <laughs> hey, if you want to send us feedback, uh, our email address is feedback at stolendroids.com, or you can do what Steve did, uh, do it through our Facebook page, or you can give us a call, 801-917-GEEK, if you are brave enough to hear your own voice on our show. Hey, we have to put up with it. The least you can do is do it yourself. Just saying. You know, that's the worst thing, too, about producing a show, is you have to go through and actually listen to it afterwards. Can I just say that when I'm driving to work and listening to our show the Monday after, um, we've already established that we're usually pretty out of it uh, when we record this. So when I listen to it then on Monday, it's as if I'm hearing it for the first time. And I will have forgot that I've said certain things or made certain points. And I find myself arguing with the stereo. Like Zoner will make, Zoner will say something. And I'll fire back going, wait a minute, what about this? Only to hear my voice then say that in the podcast. Or worse, when Zoner will say, well, hey, Zook, and I'm sitting there in my car going, yes? <laughs> it's, it startles me. And then there's always the inevitable me saying something and you saying, I need to bleep that out. And then you forget to bleep it out. Yeah, I'm sitting there going, oh, yeah, right. I forgot about that one. PG-13 rating. Hmm. Okay, so let's go right into the meat of it for our headlines. Uh, as we stated before, um, the Paris attacks happened in this last week, and they were horrific. And there's not really much else we can say about that. There is some positive sides to this. See, the last time the world had um, coordinated attacks like this, it was September 11th. At least on this scale. I know people will disagree with me on, on that. There's a lot of other things that have happened in the last 14 years that would definitely qualify as coordinated, coordinated attacks, but not quite to this degree. The thing is, is that in the last 14 years, things have changed considerably. Are you referring to the cameras that are everywhere? Cameras that are everywhere. Cell phones that are everywhere. You know, we have social media that we couldn't even dream of 14 years ago. We were getting up to the minute, up to the second reports through new me- through new media. And uh, we've talked about it on this show where new media versus old media, old media breaking many stories incorrectly. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's funny because for years now, whenever I learn about something like this, it's always because of something like Twitter or, I mean, it's always new media related. It's mm-hmm. never because I turned on the news and, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. It's always internet related. 
Well, and see, here's what's weird. Um, September 11th, 2001, I was asleep when it all went down. My roommate came bursting in, told me to turn on the TV, said we were at war. Um, and I spent the next two days basically glued to my computer monitor and to, and my TV taking in news everywhere I could. This time with the Paris attacks, I was at work and it was a really busy day and I didn't, I hadn't signed into anything. And that night I get home and I check Facebook and up at the very top of my feed is something I, we've talked about on this show, but I've never seen before. And at once I thought it was super cool. And then I thought how terrifying it was that this is how I learned. Your friend, Stephanie Thorpe, has checked in as okay in the Paris attacks. I saw that as well. Now, if you're a longtime fan of the show, you remember Stephanie. We've interviewed her a couple times. I have this uh, not-so-secret, unabated, and unreciprocated crush on the woman. She's amazing. Uh, We met her at uh, Las Vegas at the New Media Expo a few years ago. She's been a friend of ours ever since. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman. And she was on a trip in France. She was going through uh, through Paris and whatnot, and she was posting things to Facebook, and Facebook knew she was there because of that. She was with friends, and after the the attacks happened, one of her friends who was with her checked in to the whole disaster system that Facebook had built into their framework months and months ago. Yeah, and this was originally designed for natural disasters, earthquakes, tsunamis, things of that nature, not man-made disasters like a terrorist attack but it was it was amazing i was completely unaware i'm like oh my gosh i'm so happy she's okay wait a minute what paris attacks but it said right there in the alert that uh, so far details are scarce but it seems coordinated it was like a little news blurb it was a paragraph long blurb of what was happening and that stephanie and another one of her friends whose name i don't remember was safe and it was like wow that's a really awesome system because when the towers fell on September 11th, New York's phone switchboards just lit up and got so jammed with incoming and outgoing traffic, people trying to see who was okay, that at first no one knew who was okay because of it. So this is a really, really awesome system. And, and you know, good on Facebook, honestly, because I never thought I'd ever see that used. And it was, it was definite peace of mind. Yeah, I can just imagine for people who like have loved ones or you know family very close relations that's got to be extremely comforting to be able to log in and see oh so and so is good so and so is all right yeah now um sometimes you do need to call and for that reason google was quick to announce like that night that all google hangout calls to france would be free they were dropping. They were cutting the price and just ignoring it, basically, and saying if you need to call France, it's free. And then later on, T-Mobile, AT and T, Sprint, Verizon, and Skype all did the same thing. That's really cool. It's beyond cool. It's amazing. You know, we we get so used to the fact that oh, we all have cell phones now. Who pays long distance? I mean, really, it's just so easy to call anywhere in the U.S. And with telemarketers being how they are, everyone in the U.S. is calling me. But most people don't realize how expensive and how hard it is to still call internationally, even from a modern-day cell phone. And so this was just a really, really, really awesome gesture. Well, and when you have instances like this, cell towers are very quickly overwhelmed. I remember, oh, it was probably 15 years ago, 
they had tornado rip through downtown Salt Lake City. I was there. I was in the tornado because that's what happens if a tornado comes by. I'm generally there. And in the days before his credit rating getting destroyed by hackers. Oh, I got to follow up on that, by the way. Uh, don't let me forget. I'll tell God you. God just hates honor. <laughs> but no, seriously, my grandparents live in Colorado. Every time I go visit them as a child, there would be a tornado. We'd have to go and take shelter. There have been two or three tornadoes like in the northern Utah area. I've always been there. Like Always. But the one in downtown Salt Lake was the worst. I got a, a new car out of it, though, so that's all good. But I I remember how quickly the cell towers became overwhelmed, and that was 15 years ago. I can only imagine now with so many more people having them. I want to say it was closer to 20. No, it wasn't that long ago. It was a while. In any case, um, no, this is really, really awesome. But, of course, we also had the bad side of, uh, of modern technology. And, again, it goes back to that old media versus new media. For instance, the picture of a Calgary man that was photoshopped. Uh, so it looked like he had a suicide vest on and was holding up Koran. Um, got distributed to media outlets who were posting it all over their page, newspapers, and everywhere saying it's a picture of one of the Paris bombers. He was holding up an iPad. He lives in Canada. He's never been to Paris. It, it, it got quite bad, actually. Um, How bad does it suck for that guy, though? Because now he's like a terrorist bomber, even though he's not. Yeah. Um, I remember once I finally clued into what was happening, I hit my Facebook feed, and there's ABC News, um, 30 confirmed dead, 100 injured. There's Fox News, 100 confirmed dead. 25 injured like the numbers were all over the place and no one could agree and it was just it was wretched people retreat retweeted um one of donald trump's tweets as if it had just happened even though it he had actually done it 10 months prior people were going on about the eiffel tower turning off its light for the victims and that it hasn't happened in over 100 years like no it does that every night at 1 a.m yeah i it was just insane with the misinformation going everywhere and in that way, I don't think we've really improved things. I mean, September 11th, I remember I watched for two days. I watched the news stories come in. And there were those news channels then, too. There was CNN. There was MSNBC. There was Fox News. And all five C-SPANs. You know, C-SPAN to Ocho, I, I guess. <laughs> Watch it on the Ocho. Um and everyone was saying the same stuff, and it was simply that we don't have a lot of information, but they just kept repeating the news over and over. And now it seems like news media outlets are, they'll just make crap up just to get it out there. Yes, they will. If they don't have the information, they'll make up the information so that people will tune in. They want to keep giving something that's fresh so that they can keep the eyeballs on their station. And it really drives me nuts because there's absolutely zero journalistic integrity. I honestly believe that you and I have more journalistic integrity doing this show than a lot of those news people do. Well, I, I here's the reason why. Uh, we don't get a paycheck from this, so we don't have as much writing on it. <laughs> All right, so we should just be able to like throw whatever crap out there we want then. But yeah, we always try and be as thorough as possible. Whereas these news people... I don't think they care. It's all about getting for, getting out there first with the story, regardless of how accurate their text is. Mm -hmm. um, kind of on the heels of all this, though, and not necessarily because of this, but it's definitely influenced. Uh, Reuters um, 
And if you don't know who Reuters is, they are an international... I thought it was Reuters. Isn't that people who use steroids? No, that would be Reuters. Isn't that what you (laughs) just said? This is Reuters. (laughs) I can't hear a difference. Yeah, there's not much, but it's how it's spelled. Okay, so (laughs) Juicers is a international news agency. They uh, disseminate news and photos and resources for other news agencies to use, and they also report themselves. Um, They have made an interesting and slightly controversial policy shift. They will no longer accept photographs in raw format. Now, if you are not a photographer, you may not know what this means, but... Uh, cheap cameras often take pictures and save them as a PNG or a JPEG, half for years. High-end cameras, the kind that are often used by professional photographers, shoot in RAW format. RAW format pictures are uncompressed. They haven't been really compressed by any sort of codec. They haven't been processed. They're almost a one-to-one representation of what the camera saw. As a result, they are huge in size. But the problem is, is that because they are so large and so clear and there's so much information in them, you can Photoshop them quite easily. Um, in digital media, be it print, um, images, audio, video, there's this kind of saying, and we have to go by it here as well, and that is crap in, crap out. When we record this show, we record it in FLAC. Well, actually, we record it in WAVE. We convert it to FLAC just so we can transfer it. Otherwise, you know, Zoner's audio alone is close to 200 megs. No, that is in FLAC, actually. Yeah. If it was it's WAVE. Big. It's big. In Let's the just er- leave it at that. Yeah, it's in big. the early days, before we knew what we were doing, we would transfer WAVE files. And there were a few gigs each. And trying to transfer files at size, way too big. By the time you, our listeners, get it, we've trimmed it down to a 28 meg MP3. Well, in doing that, it becomes very lossy, meaning that it's hard to edit. If we made edits to it, you could hear it because MP3s don't deal well with edits. Well, it's the same thing with photos in this way. By giving JPEGs, Reuters hopes that photographers won't be able to edit the work. They won't be able to Photoshop things and that other people can't Photoshop them either because you'll be able to tell. It'll introduce telltale artifacts. You know, like when people pull an image off of a Google search and then Photoshop themselves into it, you can tell. Same idea. Or like a a photocopy of a copy for you old timers out there. Yes, exactly. Um, The problem is, is that a lot of photographers don't like this because many times, let's say I'm a photographer and there's this incredible action shot that just happened in front of me and I barely got my camera up to take a picture of it and I caught it, but the exposure was slightly wrong. It's a little bit uh, underdeveloped or would be considered underdeveloped if we still use film, right? Or if it's blown out because my aperture was too wide open. Well, if it's raw format, you can put it into the computer and correct those levels, but not if you have to give the original JPEG instead. Because Reuters will know that you edited the image, and they won't accept it. So, I mean, I I understand what they're trying to do, and I applaud them for it. But I don't know if this is the right way to do it. And I seem to be saying that phrase a lot very frequently. Yeah, really, you are. I think we need to... Hit a thesaurus and try and come no, up with some different No, we phrasing. just need to finally install me as supreme leader of the world <laughs> and listen to my ideas. Yeah, I think that this is interesting, though. I I don't know how I feel about this. Because, you know, if you're, if you're sending... I, I don't know. I just worry about 
fake photos getting through now. Oh, it's just a JPEG. Okay, cool. Oh, well, why is JFK shaking Bigfoot's hand on the moon? You know? That happened. Of course it did, because there's now photo evidence of it. In fact, just because you've said it out loud now and it's on the internet, there's an entire website devoted to that. There's probably a whole subreddit. Yeah. That's why he had to be killed. Uh, Obviously. He knew too much. I'm actually searching for that right now. <laughs> find that you will find it on Reddit, I'm sure. Um, okay, so in Facebook news, kind of uh, going off of you know their cool check-in ability, they also have a new ability. If you've just broken up with someone, they're testing out a feature that allows you to say, "I've just broken up with this person," and it mutes that person's activity in your feed for a while, which I think is cool. Although you know. I'm the guy that if I see an ex-girlfriend, I will cross a busy freeway street if I'm walking down the road. I will cross like eight lanes of traffic to avoid bumping into her on the, on the side of the road. Yeah, but how, do you just, do that? how do you do that online? Now you can. You can just say, I yeah. don't want to see any more from this person, which is definitely worth it if you guys have mutual friends. Yes. Now... Few people understand this, which is weird to me. I went through my divorce, you know, almost 10 years ago. It's been a while. No, it's not. Honestly, I don't really remember. Divorce is not something you really burn into your memory. It's typically pretty traumatic. In any case. It's been a while, though. Yeah, it's definitely been a while. And one of the first things I did was I went into my Facebook settings and I told it to block a specific user. And then I locked my profile down. So you had to be logged in to see my profile at all. And you had to be my friend. But by doing that, Facebook, and this is an old feature. Facebook has always done this. If I said, I do not want to see Zoner's email address or Zoner, you know, at Zoner.com. I don't want to see any of his stuff. I want to block it. It also, in return, blocks him from me. Meaning I could post anything. I could tag him in something. And he would never see it. Likewise, he could do the same to me, and I would never see it. We could be commenting on the same photo and not see each other's comments. It actively blocks them. And this has been a feature for years. So, I mean, this is a kind of cooler way to do it, I guess, but... It's more elegant, more refined. Right. It's like a lightsaber. It's the lightsaber of divorces. That's actually the what I was just thinking. I know. <laughs> Because you know me so well at this point in our friendship. Or because I'm a geek, dude. Uh, Well, yeah. I freaking founded a site called Stolen Droids. That is true. We did, didn't we? Yeah. So, um, never mind. We didn't. I did. No, we did. No, it was the podcast you were there for. I did the site. Screw you. You built the site, but... (sighs) Taking credit. Let's fight to the death. We'll do a princess rap battle. And, and the winner will be the sole host of the show. <laughs> you can have it. Um, no word on when this will go live, but it's quite cool. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think that it's it's really cool. Um, so let's talk about you and your hacking experiences. <laughs> okay, so the um, government hack that we've talked about for the for the last few months, off and on. The office, what was it? The Office of Personnel Management yeah, or something? something like that. Services. Uh, yeah. I Like, how many people was it? Two million people, I think, had their information compromised? Well, I got an email, for, or not an email, a letter from them this week saying, oh, yeah, 
you were involved in this. They've got your fingerprints. They've got all of your information. We're going to give you a year of credit monitoring. <laughs> they just took everything from me, and I get a year of credit monitoring. I'm, I'm telling you, God hates you. I don't know. Or hackers love me, one of the two. I, the tornado didn't kill you, so he threw hackers at you. You know, I find it interesting, though, that all he these major He sent you to hacks, South Africa. I mean... That's true. I did that, live in there's South no, Africa. There's no clear... Well, he sent you specifically to South Africa. There's that no clearer true. sign that he hates you. Well, and it was right after the elections with Mandela, and times were a little bit turbulent. I was bit by a lion. I've been bit by a jaguar. I mean, yeah. I, I've got a lot of things coming after me, trying to just remove me from the equation. But yeah, I thought that that was interesting. I, I got that letter the other day, and my wife opened it up, and she reads it, and she's like, are you kidding me? The government got hacked? I'm like, oh yeah, we've been talking about it for months. I've been expecting this one. So, I got the letter. I knew it was coming. Well, someone has um, built out a system to help prevent that. It's called two-factor authentication. We're big fans of it here on the site. We've talked about it on the site, and we've advised everyone to, wherever possible, use it. I use it for everything I can. A new site has rolled it out, though, and it's Amazon. You can now secure your Amazon account using two-step authentication, which is awesome because how many things do you just simply save to your Amazon account? How many credit cards do they have? Credit cards, addresses, addresses, yeah. Shopping habits. Yep. You know, I mean, people buy everything through Amazon now. You can buy sex toys through Amazon. Can you really? I So I've been told. Okay. Um, just <laughs> a friend told me. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Yeah. You know, it was Colin. It was Colin. Let's just say it was Colin. <laughs> that does avoid those awkward um, purchases in person, though. Indeed it does. However, then it shows up in your suggested for you list, which is just even more awkward. Kids are looking for Christmas gift ideas for you. What's dad been looking for? (laughs) Gets awkward real quick. That's why you need the two-factor authentication. Telling you, it was Colin. It wasn't me. Anyway, the thing is that confuses me about this. I mean, I'm happy that Amazon did this, and more sites need to do it. It is surprising how many sites don't have it, how many banks don't have it. Which like, is surprising to me, because I did a beta test over the summer. I managed a project for a very large bank. Multi, I mean, they're across the country, multiple states. I think they're in like 13 or 14 states. And they were telling me all the rules that they have to go through because of the government and because they're a financial institution no two two factor authentication yeah but amazon also has some pretty robust security i'm not sure they've ever been breached have they not that i'm aware of could you imagine how many millions of people would be getting a free year of credit monitoring from that one amazon web services has almost had a breach that's their online cloud computing platform that you can buy services on that's not the storefront itself but even then people didn't actually get in they were just attacked they were attacked and they withstood it yeah so i mean good on amazon for doing this it's needed but still maybe they weren't the ones who really needed it done i think there's a lot of people out there who need it more than Amazon, but I'm really glad that Amazon has implemented it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
Um, let's go into other online services. I can't call it a social network because I don't know what it is anymore. But Google Plus has been redesigned again. Google Plus is so weird. I don't think Google knows what Google Plus is. I, I would agree with you. I remember Schmitty uh, predicted a while back that they would start phasing Google Plus out. And it definitely seemed like it was going that way. And then suddenly they do this revamp, and it's a revamp on the main site and on the mobile app uh, to increase speed and really center more on communities. Now, that's great and all, but I don't know how much it's used for that. See, that's, I pretty much use Google Plus exclusively for communities. I'm a member of, I don't know, half a dozen Star Wars communities, probably. Bunch of Android communities, Android-related communities. So I like the community aspect of it. Oh, I do too. And, and that's really what I use it for. I don't really post any personal stuff there. I don't. I, I'm, th- I'm there for the communities. So is are they revamping Google Plus to take over like Yahoo Groups? It almost seems that way, doesn't it? I hadn't yeah. thought of that, but it almost seems like it. Well, I remember there was such a hubbub. I remember our first year of recording, Stark was always very upset that Yahoo was closing out Yahoo Groups. It was used by everyone. People could ask questions. They could sign in for different groups. A lot of those people went to Reddit um, because yes. it, that kind of took that niche there. But what if Google's trying to make Google Plus into that? Do you think Google could become, or excuse me, Google Plus could become the Reddit killer? I, I don't know it. that. I don't know that I could see that happening. I think they could try, and I think certain aspects could be taken for it. But um, Reddit is definitely a lot more wild west than Google is. You, there's a subreddit for nearly everything. True. And I don't see Google playing by those rules. No, I don't either. I think, yeah, I think that Google is just going to... Google plays by their own rules. Yeah. Which, hey, you know, why not? Um, In other kind of Google news, not really, let's go Android. Android has this really awesome thing that they're working on. I really wish Schmitty wasn't working himself to death because he could explain this more, but the Google inside search on Android is being overhauled so you can stream apps. So it's almost like a try-before-you-buy type of deal. Right, but it never... It's kind of cool because let's say I open up my Google search app and I say Pinterest. And it launches a Pinterest experience. It's streaming the app to me. It's not installed, but I can get a feel for how the app works. Which, I gotta be honest, I really like. I can't tell you how many times I've installed an app, played with it for 10 or 15 minutes, and then, nope, just... Not what I'm looking for at all, yeah. Yep. And so I really like that, because it saves you the hassle of actually having to install it and then uninstall it again. How long do you think it is before Google tries to roll this technology out into the general Android experience? So instead of installing apps to your mobile device anymore, it's more like a remote session. Your apps actually exist up on Google servers, and your phone is more just a terminal to access them. Nothing is installed locally on your phone, which means that phones don't have to be as powerful anymore. 
next three years, maybe. Think you think that's something they try, or is this just too mad scientist? No, oh, you know though that's what Google does. They are mad scientists. This is true, and so I would not be surprised at all to see something like that come out from them. And then Apple will come out with it three years later, and they'll be praised for how innovative and revolutionary it is. But it won't work. But it won't work because you're holding it wrong. It won't work because Apple does. Apple lacks the infrastructure to have that much processing in the cloud sent to every iOS user. That's not me bashing on Apple. It's a simple fact. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can totally see Google doing that, though, because, I mean, those guys, they're, I think you need to actually have a degree in mad science to work for Google. If you have not reanimated the dead, they won't consider you for a position. Wow, That's no true. response. I, I thought for sure you'd say something, but wow. <laughs> you just look at me like I'm high. But I'm not. You might be. I don't know. <laughs> I'm too tired to care. You're putting an awful lot of eye drops in. Maybe you are. Well, dude, my eyes are still like recovering from acid and lasers. So it, it does make it look like a cry a lot, though. So I need to save it for like a sad movie or something. But my eyes are really dry. I've just been here. watching The Notebook on loop for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> or Marley and Me. Oh, my gosh. I won't watch Marley and Me. I've got a golden retriever. I can't watch Marley and Me. I won't do that. I feel I know sad better. just thinking about it now. <laughs> Way to bring us down, Zook. There's Owen Wilson and his golden retriever, who dies, by the way. Yeah, yeah. An old yeller. That Nope, nope. Red, where like, the red fern grows? Oh, my gosh. Don't even... <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny because I am not an emotional person when I'm watching a movie. You put me in a theater full of, or where they're showing a movie where dogs die. And it could be full of, like, the most macho people in the world. I'll be right there crying, completely unashamed to be crying in front of all these people. Milo and Otis? Yeah. Homeward Bound? That's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> we're hardcore here we are hardcore okay um let's go into other android stuff this one a little bit less happy um there's some new adware that's been revealed i don't want to say announced because that's it sounds like a feature it, it installs itself to your phone regardless of whether or not you allowed it yeah, that's brutal. That's scary. I mean, I've gotten adware on my phone by installing bogus apps from the Play Store. And uh, thankfully, Google is a lot more mindful, shall we say, of those types of things now. And this was years and years ago. But I mean, if you've got an app that's actually, you tell it, no, don't install, and it installs anyways, that's terrifying. And it's not using an exploit. It's just using the permissions that you already granted the legitimate app. Which is, uh, that's messed up, dude. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's messed up. Now, that being said, I had a problem with, uh, with spyware on my phone years and years ago when I used to use my HTC Resound. Which, as I've mentioned here, great phone, stupid name. 
And I didn't really know what I was doing with hacking Android and messing around with side-loading apps. I really got in over my head, and before I knew it, I had adware installed on it. Factory reset took care of it all. I've had this new Android phone now, my G3, for almost two years, a year and a half, really. And I've done incredibly weird stuff to it. Weird's the wrong word that makes it sound like a fetish. Let's say unwarrantable stuff. <laughs> you have violated your warranty <laughs> in numerous ways. <laughs> yes, my, well, the things my phone and I have done are illegal in five states. Um, but I have not gotten any of this stuff on it. So, Yeah, that's what's interesting to me, because I've done crazy stuff with phones as well over the years. I've never gotten nailed by anything other than what I thought was a legitimate app from the Google Play Store. Well, I think this all comes down to, you know, buyer beware sort of stuff. Don't install those stupid, crappy apps. It's the same oh. thing people have been telling everyone else since, like, the mid-90s. Oh, this, this app puts Dolphin screensavers on your computer? Let's install it. No, don't. Don't install it. Oh, hey, this one changes your cursors. This one texts you a funny joke every 15 minutes. This one will tell you who your true love's supposed to be. This and one allows they're all you... going to give you a, a nice little search bar in yeah. your browser. Oh, well, I'm talking, it's moved now. It's on phones. This one allows yes. you to watch TV for free on your phone. Oh, yeah, good times. Good times. It's like, come on, people. Well, you know, the interesting thing about this, I, I don't even know how to say this. She done? I, th I think it's what that app, what what the app is called. She done uh, screwed up my phone. Exactly. <laughs> I'm but not as clever as I thought I am. It it roots your phone and embeds itself like deep, deep, deep. So even if you factory reset it, you're screwed because it's coming back. Now, this my phone and uh, my wife's phone and my wife's phone before that um, all came with Lookout pre-installed. Yes, And I remember years ago when we talked about this, Android was talking about pre-installing Android phones with some kind of antivirus, anti-spyware, some sort of protection, yes. which sometimes feels invasive and sometimes feels like it, it itself is also spyware because it's constantly telling me to upgrade. But it does block a lot of this crap. So yeah. I have to think that the only people who are truly vulnerable are the ones who know enough to disable or uninstall or customize their android phone in some way but aren't smart enough to not install that shady looking app from the disreputable website yeah in which case i almost say you kind of deserve it you know i i had a conversation with um joe the android guy from over at uh pocket now a while ago and i asked him i said you know i've got i had avg like Pro installed on my Android phone, on my Nexus 5. And I asked him, I said, you know, I never get hit with anything on my phone. I don't know if it's because I know how to use my phone safely and wisely or because I've got this freaking memory resource battery drain on my phone. And he said, I'm betting it's the first one. So I said, you know what, you're probably right. So I uninstalled it. Yeah, it's... I have no need for an antivirus or anything like that. Google's giving me security updates every month. I'm good. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there who just aren't savvy enough to avoid getting hit by every freaking plague that they come across. 
And that's who the that's who those apps are targeted towards. Now it could be worse because it could be someone who just constantly is getting hacked and messed up. So maybe that's the trade off. Like you never get one of these apps, but instead you're constantly being compromised. But on the on the flip side, I get cre- I I haven't paid for credit monitoring like ever, <laughs> and I'm constantly getting like free credit monitoring. So that's yeah, all good. Yeah, true. Um, in other Android news, well, two actually. Um, one is kind of confusing. And one is um, kind of cool. The confusing one is LG. LG has not launched the Urbane Two. It's follow-up to the very beautiful Urbane smartwatch. The Urbane 2 had already gone out to reviewers. Like, sample units had already gone out to websites to review as onboard LTE, so it can act as its own standalone phone. It was a little bit thicker, had a few more features, and then very suddenly, just today, just Thursday, word went out that everyone needs to ship those units back. There is a hardware issue with them, and that the launch has been delayed, possibly indefinitely. And I'm kind of wondering, wow, what kind of hardware issue are we talking here where they just flat out say, nope, not happening. I mean, does it overheat and explode your wrist off? I mean, is it, is it like a, a prison collar you see in those sci-fi movies? Yeah. You said that. I, and immediately, immediately I thought of the running man. Yeah. I mean, what kind of heart it will electrocute you. It's only with three and a half volts, but Dang, if that doesn't sting a little bit for a moment. But, you know, it's the wattage that really does the damage. It's it's like 8 million watts, so. <laughs> <laughs> It'll turn you into a steak, man. <laughs> we, we had a real battery problem, battery life problem with the first Urbane, so we solved that by hooking a Mr. Fusion into the second one. Exactly. You're wearing a small nuclear reactor on your wrist. It's not totally water resistant, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like why would they say that i mean the wording on it indefinitely that's not something you say on a product that you want to eventually bring out you'd say something along the lines of uh there's a slight issue we need to issue a recall it's not yet ready there are some things we need to tweak we will send out new review samples when we are ready yeah this was really surprising just that i mean i would love to be a fly on the wall in that in the room where they discussed this and you know that somebody's losing their job over it. <laughs> what do you mean? There are human remains inside the watches, which ones we, <laughs> we can't be sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just what happened. This is like horrible. This is horrible. I've seen a lot of bad products over the years, given the nature of my career. And I've seen a lot of bad products still go to market and you read the reviews on Amazon or wherever, and people wonder, how did this go to market? LG, I mean, you got to give it to them. At least they caught it before they had 60,000 units out in the wild. My, my, my Urbane 2 won't make calls. You're holding it wrong. It's a watch. I'm not holding it at all. Yeah. Um, in cooler news, Huawei has uh, an experimental battery they're working on that can explode and blow off your wrist. No, I'm kidding. Instead, <laughs> it can charge 50% in minutes. Do you Five have minutes. to plug it into a Mr. Fusion? I don't know, and I don't care. 
That's so cool. 50% charge in five minutes. Here's why this is cool to me, okay? Everyone, like, I charge my phone every night. I know they say you're not supposed to. You're supposed to let it go until it's nearly dead and charge it back up to avoid battery memory, right? Even though everyone uses lithium-ion now, and supposedly lithium-ion doesn't have battery memory, let's be honest, we all still know that it has that effect. But doing this, the battery could be smaller. It could have less capacity. It could last only you know, 12 hours instead of the 36, I want my phone to last now, right? If a smartphone doesn't last at least a solid day of work, people just lambast it online. But what if it only lasts, lasts six hours, but can charge to 50% in five minutes? That means that it's, it's a moot point. Yeah. You sit down at your desk, you put it on the inductive charger for a few moments, boom, 50%. You hop in the car, you put it in the inductive, uh, car holder 50%. It's a completely moot point. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you can if you can charge for 15 minutes and get 8 hours of battery, I would take that any day, man. That is awesome. Now, the downside of something like this and and I have to stress, this has not come out yet. We're not really sure when it'll come out um or what form it will take. But charging that fast, that much power that fast, and when I say that much power, it's a 3,000 milliamp battery, the same size in the LG G3 and G4, and just slightly smaller than the one in the new Nexus 6P. So it's a standard smartphone battery, and it got 48% in five minutes. Pushing that much charge into a battery that fast, the thing's going to heat up. Oh yeah, it's gonna get hot. Don't don't charge it in your pocket, dude. Don't charge or it under while your you're pillow. trying to watch a movie or play a game on it. Yeah, or touch it. You know, the screen will just melt. Yeah, but still, I mean, even if this is just the beginning of the technology, it's really cool. I remember a couple of weeks ago, Zana, you mentioned why don't we just have that technology like the Seiko Kinetic watches, where they can just charge as you walk with the phone. Yep. If a battery can charge this fast, it's actually possible to start doing that. Yeah, I think it gets us one step closer, that's for sure. Now, again, no official word on when this will come out, but I'm looking forward to it. Now, I'm wondering if this is going to be something that Huawei keeps to themselves. Are they going to say, nope, we're not giving it to anyone else. This is staying in our phones and screw you all, we're not sharing. Or if they're going to sell the tech to other companies. Uh, Sell the tech. I mean, this day and age, it's dumb not to. Don't sell it, license it. License it, yes. Because Huawei's market share isn't as big, but if they could license the tech out to Samsung, who is the largest manufacturer in the world... That's a lot of money. That's a ton of money. uh, License it out to Apple. Who cares? Yeah. Let them say they innovated it. Who cares? Oh, and they will. Yeah. They will. Because that's what they do. Um, Speaking of blatant copying, remember how everyone says that no one likes the Microsoft Surface? It's an ugly tablet. Why would you ever use that? It's trying too hard to be two different things. It's diluted, as Tim Cook says. Yes. So why is everyone copying it? Because HP just announced the Elite X2. 
not just announced, they've just released, excuse me. The X2 is a Surface clone, from the kickstand to the keyboard dock to just about everything. The only difference is, is it's half the price of a Surface Pro. And you can pop it open and upgrade it. Which is very cool. That's an attractive feature right there for all of us nerds out in internet land. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, this is an HP. I mean, let, let's go through the good stuff first, okay? has USB Type-C. has a SIM tray, so you can use it remotely, right? SSD, um, top-of-the-line Wi-Fi, 8 gigs of RAM. Cool stuff, okay? Everything else we've already seen. We already know this stuff. 12-inch screen, so it's on the big side, but not too large. Uh, can go up to uh, 256 gigs in storage space. But, as I said, it's HP, which means this touchscreen device is going to just be bloated with their crap software at every turn. Oh, I hadn't considered that. HPs are notorious for that. They're awful. They are awful. And unlike other laptop or mobile manufacturers, such as Dell, Lenovo, Fujitsu, um, Toshiba, any of those ones, you could wipe the computer clean and reinstall from scratch. And the computer will work without any of the proprietary software, which is a hard thing for a lot of laptops. A lot of laptops have a lot of integrated electronics that require the software from the manufacturer. But HPs almost make a point of it. Certain functions that are vital to the operation of the machine simply won't work without HP software installed. And if one piece of HP software is getting installed, you know it's bringing its friends along. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I hadn't considered that. So. Thanks for raining on my parade, Zook. I'm sure there's a way someone will work it, change it a little bit differently. I can just hear our Ubuntu fans. Do we have any Ubuntu fans? I don't think we do. We probably do. I well, think, they're usually pretty vocal, aren't they? I think they're too good to listen to podcasts, partially because their devices can't download podcasts. Did they ever come out with the Ubuntu phone? No. Still working on it. Anyway, they would just say to use Ubuntu on something like this, to which I say, yeah, but we want it to work. Yes. We don't want to have to install some Windows emulator. Uh, our final headline comes from John Legere, T-Mobile's CEO, who decided to open up a rant on Sprint after Sprint slashed its prices in half and is offering you $650 in credit to help you with transitioning your lines over to Sprint. So if you want to leave T-Mobile or leave anyone else, they'll help you get out of your current contract, even pay off the phones. This is a very desperate move. Oh, Sprint is dying. I think, what was it, two weeks ago, last week that we talked about this? Sprint is done. I mean, I, I, yeah. But, you know, it's interesting because it's kind of what T-Mobile did a few years ago. Yeah. And T-Mobile overtook Sprint. Yeah, it it works. It works. The downside is, is that Sprint does not have an attractive phone lineup, nor do they have a particularly attractive data plan. Yeah, and, you know, they are still Sprint, and so coverage and all the other complaints that come along with being Sprint. Right. Now, um, John Legere did point out, accurately so, this is not slander or libel or anything, that despite the fact that the plan costs 50% less, you still have to pay a $36 fee 
per line in activation charge. So if I bring my family of four over, that's like $138, $144, excuse me, of fees just to start service with them. Yes. Which is ridiculous. And and he tweeted out uh, like a top 10 list of why T-Mobile is better than Sprint. Uh, He points out, you still get unlimited video and music streaming with T-Mobile. You get... uh, Data stash, which is where your unused data rolls forward, kind of like what was it, Singular Wireless used to do. Um, you get free tethering. You get international calls in Mexico and Canada, just like you're in the U.S. Uh, unlimited data, no activation fees, as you just mentioned, uh, and then talks about the fastest 4G LTE network. And then his his number one thing, T-Mobile customers get access to whatever plan they want. On Sprint, you have to leave and come back to take advantage, which always drives me nuts with companies. Oh, well, we've got this promotion for new customers only. Sorry, you've been with us for 20 years, so you're out of luck. Yeah, I've used that on T-Mobile many times. I've always jumped up to the new plan. Oh, they're wonderful for that. I, I mean... T-Mobile is doing things right in terms of treating their customers well. They are hashtag winning. Yes, they are. Unlike Uh, Charlie Sheen. Oh, too soon. Too soon. It's been four years. Yeah, right about when he had those meltdowns. I get the feeling he does not uh, deal with stress in a healthy manner. Yeah, I'm thinking so. Okay, into our favorites this week. Mine um, is a little bit odd, and take it with a major grain of salt. It's an Android launcher. It's for your home screen. Any Android machine can, any Android device can run it. It's called Home UX. UX stands for user experience. It is in beta, and I have to stress that because it's not 100% stable, but it is 100% awesome. It is the best parts of iOS, Windows Phone, and Android all combined into one very slick, very fast, and very easy to customize launcher. If you can deal with the crashes, which do happen, um, it is amazing. They are doing a lot of work. They're pushing updates to it frequently. It is in beta testing, so you can expect that. The community is very active on Google+, so you can always throw in a a bug or a report, and they'll help you out immediately. It's free, or you can uh, donate $1.50 to it with the pro license, which I did, and I never do that. So it's definitely worth checking out. Now, what features does a pro license offer over the standard? Not many. It allows you to change the font, uh, change some colors, change uh, kerning on different parts of the phone. I don't use any of those, but for a buck fifty, though, that's not bad. I know I use Nova Launcher, and I think that was four ninety nine for the Pro license. Yeah. So. Uh, my favorite this week is a new. Well, I don't know that it's new, but it's new to me. A new uh, YouTube channel, Low Carb Comedy. They've actually got some really good parody videos out there. Um, the one that I've got a link here to is Big Head Star Wars Purdy. What they do is they take actual scenes from movies and replace the actors' heads with their heads, but it looks like they're the actor because they do costume and whatnot. And this particular one is Anakin versus Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, from Star Wars Episode Three, And it's really pretty entertaining, quite funny. Uh, if you're in for a good laugh, uh, give, it a, give it a look and... And let us know what you think, because I think it's great, and i got to thank Zook for calling it to my attention. You're welcome. 
yes, I have manners. Okay. <laughs> sort of. Well, that is our show this week. Again, let us know what you're thinking. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Join our community on Google+, because that's what you do now. Uh, and until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.